You're listening to Game Gravy, a weekly slather of thoughts and opinions on the news turkey that is gaming. Take a seat, pass a plate, and indulge in the consumption of video game media. Baked and produced by me, Donnie Vasquez, with co-host Ferris Oracat. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of Game Gravy. Last time we left off, if you kind of listened to the episodes in order, maybe you did, maybe you didn't, on uh, the Xbox Game Showcase, where they showed the all the Xbox games, obviously, and then it led into the Starfield uh, gameplay deep dive. And what a deep dive they gave us. 45 minutes of detailed um of details about the game and yeah it was uh it actually it was actually kind of surprising how much they showed us i wasn't expecting such a long i mean they yeah they called it a deep dive but i wasn't expecting such a deep dive into the game uh, but i'm very glad that they did this it shows that they're pretty conf- confident about it um not to mention you know it's also an ad of course you know keeping that in mind but a very good one at that Ferris, what are your initial thoughts? I mean, my dog, we got Fallout and Elder Scrolls in space. Also, my co-host Ferris as well. Sorry I didn't introduce What's you. What's up, guys? I was here. He was he was going to acknowledge I'm a me shitty friend. I'm a shitty friend. But he he instead chose to say the word deep dive three times. Uh, that matters more than Deep dive. Eight. That's fair. That's fair. Deep dive into why he wants to ignore my existence. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, honestly, just jumping, jumping right into this with the first gameplay. We see, we see a little running, we see a little gunning, we see some jumping. Um, you know, obviously Bethesda. You know, they have a very signature brand of open world game. As anyone who plays games, Don wouldn't know about that. Uh, would know they're, they're staples. You know, Elder Scrolls and, and Fallout are their, their their jams. Those are the universes, and they're very they're more similar than they are different ones. You know, obviously uh, medieval fantasy and stuff. The others post apocalyptic. While this is their first brand new universe um, outside of those two series in fuck I don't know ten years, fifteen years, something like that. A long time. They've they're very uh, just Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Uh, for as long as we've known of Bethesda's existence. Uh, but this game is seeming a lot more than just a simple uh, throw it in a, a, a new area. This really does seem like the next ambitious leap. I mean, right from the get-go, uh, yeah, you have gunplay, Fallout pad gunplay as well. Uh, but this is just looking so much more smooth. I mean, Fallout 4 was a step up compared to the previous iterations, but I, I'm not seeing any jank. Um, I'm seeing really really clean looking animations that you would usually have to get a mod for to get that level of detail and just to see it right off the bat and just kind of showing like before we even get into a dive of combat and like different weapon combinations in in the very first snippet you know we see the 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 lower gravity coming into play we see multiple ammunition types that will cause you know dude to rocket and ragdoll up to the ceiling um yeah, man. I, uh, you know, usually these types of games, combat is the 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 least thing that you're excited for. Uh, but right off the bat here, what the what they decided to jump in with, man, this running and this gunning is uh looking pretty dope. It does look dope. Not to mention visually, it just looks really, really nice. That whole new lighting model system that they were talking about and how it differs based on what planet you go to or land on and the stars that are around it or the moons that are around it, I should say, is a really cool uh, thing that they added that they didn't have in Fallout 4. And 
fall, it, it now it does remind me of Fallout Four in the sense that they're they're using the same engine, right? Which I mean, I feel mixed feelings about. Like, yes, it looks really good. Fallout Four was a huge, huge, huge step up from Fallout Three in New Vegas. You, we all, well, some of us remember how kind of rough those games looked, and then Fallout Four was like, holy crap, just a whole new scenery. And yeah, it it looks beautiful. And the worlds that you go to, they all look very varied. Like they 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 all seem to have a lot of different biomes. Now I don't know if each planet will stick to only one biome. I would kind of assume that the story orientated ones will probably be a little bit more varied compared to say the thousand randomly, yes, thousand randomly generated ones that you can go visit. I would assume those ones you go to, they're probably just one set biome, but at the same time, who knows? Again, I'm trying to temper my expectations. Now the thousand worlds, that is the, one of the first things that they mentioned. And that is, I would say most people, including myself, the biggest, not issue, but concern um, as far as content on these thousand planets. And this is considering... Too much content. Yeah, I know, right? Like too much content, right? But, you know, we all know that if you go, you have a big open sandbox, you know, open world game, and you fill it with content, not all of that content is good content. Now, them giving us a thousand randomly generated planets... The first thing I think of is, is it just going to be filled with resources and just looks cool? Like, like what's going to be the reason to go visit these planets other than it looking nice, getting some resources and killing some animals? And maybe that's all they want it to be. And maybe that's cool. But they did mention that they'll have outposts and whatnot. Now, I'm not sure if those are randomly generated as well. I want to say that they said that there are like set things that can happen, but it in the way that they happen is different through each playthrough. And what I mean by that is Ferris could go to a planet and he could find something completely different than if I were to somehow find that same planet, I may find something completely different, even though it's on the same biome planet name, everything. Now, maybe I understood that wrong, but that's how I understood it. Now, if that's the case, that's cool because then it's like they figured out a way to kind of flow chart it to give you, but randomize it to give you actual good content on these randomly generated planets rather than being like, here we go, let's click randomizer and then you just pop up and here's a random resource and a random biome and okay, yeah, cool. You know, now I'm done here. And that's 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 the only concern that, you know, that, that, that really reached out to me at first. Uh, I think, like Ferris said, the the gameplay and the gunplay and everything looks really solid. Like, it looks really good. It looks even better than Fallout 4 did. And Fallout 4, again, was a huge step up from New Vegas and Fallout 3. It's very janky, very just blocky, kind of... I don't know why I want to think of, like, Resident Evil like 8-1 to, like, Resident Evil... Four, like I don't know why I want to think it's like blocky, like you're just kind of very dramatic comparison. Very, yeah, but. it is very dramatic, but like it was, it was jank, man. Like it felt slow, it felt sluggish, you know, it felt weird, and it felt like when you turned, you turned like a whole scene, you know. Whereas four was a lot more fluid and whatnot. And yeah, I digress, man. But how do you feel about the thousand planets? Well, first, before we get into that, just want to reference characters in RE1 look like three tumors on a stick 
Um, so yeah, I don't know about that exact comparison. Resident Evil One is a far devolved compared to uh, the other comparison you made, but that's not here. Now, as far as far as the whole thousand planets thing, now here again, we we have limited information on what the whole spiel going on there, but based on what they said, I think they have a really genius gameplay loop going on because before we even talk about the fact that there's you know a thousand of these randomly generated planets, you've got to take that with the fact that they've already stated that this game has the most handcrafted content of any Bethesda game. So. Looking at the map, because like the, I don't think anyone who's played these games would think Fallout 4, 3 New Vegas, Skyrim Oblivion. I don't think anyone would think these maps were too small or even necessarily needed to get um, far, far larger. We just wanted different content. Now, if you take ignore the, the randomly generated stuff, just have the core planets that they've been showing off, the ones that have the story quests and, you know, again, the, the handcrafted content. If that alone is bigger than, again, their last game, Fallout 4. If the map is bigger, more dense, and content-filled than just that, already we're in an incredible place. Already we're in really all we requested and wanted out of this game. Go through all the different side quests, find hidden items, companions, yada yada, different stories. But then when you throw in the fact that they have over a thousand of these randomly generated planets, which are tailored to you, as you did state, and you did understand that correctly, that we can both hit, let's say it's a planet called you Taco Talk or fucking whatever. I don't know. Space sound. You Talk a Talk. Let's say we both go to you Taco Talk. You Talk a Doc, you Taco Doc, something like that. Let's say we both go there. You might find, um, you know, just a bunch of wildlife to, to attack you right off the bat. I might get jumped by bandits because they not only do they have like the, the the planets themselves seem to be kind of set in stone but the content that fills it you might get different resources different animals outposts bandits um maybe friendly npcs like merchants or something that'll be there and so the way i'm kind of looking at this gameplay loop is you're going you know you you could jump from your main planet you're doing some questing oh man i'm a little low on fuel and i'm trying to get this upgrade for my weapon yeah you can kind of go to the the more tailor-made areas of the game but this is a perfect kind of excursion that you know what i'm gonna just i'm gonna I'm put my scanner on oh look this random planet uh yalakadak has the fucking utopia or whatever i, love these I names. need to upgrade my guns yeah i'm do i'm just trying to think but that's a space shit um and so you go there you you have your goal you have your resource i'm gonna be here until i get this and then it's not just a a no man's sky you kind of walk around because it has very no man's sky stuff you're you know you're you're uh scanning stuff you're adding it to your database there's a new plant you never interact with boom scan got that shit move on you're finding new wildlife but then there's also combat encounters so you're having these not story focused, just pure gameplay focused experiences on these randomly generated planets where it's not about a grand quest, but you know, you might find some crazy loot. You might find some cool looking creature. You might have a really tough fight and find some cool gear. Uh, and then when you're like, okay, I've got my fill of the, the more mindless stuff, the more I can kind of just tune out and play. Let's say you're chilling with your homies in discord. and You don't really want to get into the heavy story stuff because your friends are way too loud and are talking over you when they're like trying to play street fighter or whatever. You can just mess around on a randomly generated, planet and then once you're back to solo dolo continue the quest line on a proper uh you know custom uh, hand uh, created one so so far the the idea because i was in the same boat that you know i'm like i don't want randomly generated um can be cool you know i love me some roguelikes and stuff but i i i don't want to go uh for no reason but 
if we're going to go to these random planets and always be guaranteed to have some kind of reward that is, uh, you know, feeding our gameplay loop that, oh, it's a material that I'm in desperate need of. I can only find it here. This is the closest source. And you're being peppered in with random events and combat encounters, just enough kind of spice to keep it from being monotonous. Uh, and, you know, you can hit two, three random planets in a row and then boom, I'm going to go back to the other game. And just the way they have it set up, it seems like they don't have any intention of having you hit every single randomly generated planet the way i almost kind of compare it to is a uh, another you know big open world game would be zelda breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom and their their approach to the korok seeds which were these just basically just random mini puzzles that you'd found all around the map uh tears of the kingdom it has a thousand of these korok seeds nintendo does not give you any reward for reaching all thousand you actually literally get a golden piece of poop um i think it's hilarious the internet does not but you only need about 400 to completely max out your inventory which means there's just a 600 surplus and the main reason they do that is that no matter where you're walking around on the map you are always finding uh, resources you're always finding a way to get the upgrades you need and that's how i look at this randomly generated planet system that yeah there's like a thousand you're probably not going to hit all that even if you hit 300 that's a crazy amount but it just doesn't really matter which one you want to choose there's variety in how you're going to get there so it's maybe it's a completionist nightmare but i just think it's a beautiful way to not kind of uh, uh shoehorn you in or pigeonhole you into a, a, a direct area oh i need to go here to get these upgrades this is the one place to get it uh instead they found a really creative way to truly let you go i'm gonna go to the other side of the fucking solar system let me see what's going on, on the other side of the milky way and you know you're gonna kind of find the things you need anywhere you look uh i just think based on what we've seen so far is a really smart progressive game design yeah i think that was well said and i think that makes a lot of sense and i hope that that's what it is I mean, they do say just basically, you know, you is, you basically create your character and then you can go do whatever you want. Essentially, you can explore as many of those planets as you want. And yeah, they I'm, I'm sure they don't expect you to explore all 1000 planets, though. I mean, to be fair, they probably uh, won't be surprised when a few people do that as they've done, you know, crazier things in Fallout 4 and hygiene's not for everyone. Some no, people just want to play. Exactly, exactly. And it, it would be cool to see, you know, somebody who actually takes time to, to do that, which is insane to me, but to see the different variations of content that they do come across, as well as, you know, what exactly that system is composed of, like you said, you know, and I think that if the, the Korok C comparison is a really good one, if that is the case, that that is a good way to do it. Because yeah, I don't want to sit there and collect you know, 600 core or a thousand Korok seeds. Like that's insane. And there obviously there's no reason to, because yeah, Nintendo gives you a golden piece of poop. It's like, here you go, buddy, you did it. Um, when it's like, I don't, I just don't want to go on a fish quest. And it's like, just give me enough content to where I can pursue it until I get bored, which obviously will be there with a thousand planets. And then I can go and move on to something else. Anyhow, Korok seeds. So, yeah, the comparison to Korok seeds I've thought was really good. I don't want to, you know, go out there and and search for a thousand Korok seeds. I think it's cool that there is the option to, and if you do, you get rewarded a golden poop. That's not very cool. Um, it's funny. I think it's hilarious. But I guess for the collectors there, like that's sure. Like, go ahead and just scratch that itch. But when it comes to the thousand planets, like, yeah, I think that the planets are there for. Uh, your entertainment, obviously, but like 
to scratch that itch of exploration and you can just explore as many as you want until you get your fill and then continue on with the story mode. And then maybe you want to go to explore some more. And so you do, or maybe you just explore a few and you're like, nah, this isn't for me. I'm going to go and just do the story, you know, and the, and, but hopefully the rewards are there for the people that do want to go explore all those and not a golden poop, you know, at the center of the moon that you land on. But I'm sure that, like they said, they filled it with kind of, choreographed but also not choreographed randomized good content um but again like you know they say you can find outposts or this and that but are they going to be like outposts that you find the same of just different variations of on on the different planets i mean i don't know again that's the whole that's what i'm thinking yeah so it's like you have to temper expectations right um and again i think looking at it like you said as kind of like a bonus like it's side content it's cool go check out the stuff and maybe you will find something very unique out there. And maybe you will find a lot of, a lot of like flow charty stuff that like you, like, like I just said, like the outposts, you know? Um, but I think it's, you know, it'll be interesting to see at the end of the day and going on from, from there or further furthering our uh, conversation from there, the character creator looks pretty good. It looks actually pretty solid. Oh, also, small note, I really like that they're doing what they called a NASA punk type of um, genre, I guess you could say. Where, yeah, with their like aesthetic that they're going for. Yeah, because it looks like, like obviously it's futuristic because it's in space, right? But it definitely seems like it's that early age of space flight where it's like things still look relative to what we have in real life, like the kind of spaceships and whatnot. Or even older. Or even older. Yeah. Yeah. Like they have a um, almost rustic or what they even quoted as like, you know, grounded look to them. And I feel like that really helps with that aesthetic that they're going for. And I personally like actually prefer that compared to the super mega futuristic, this is crazy shit you've never seen before. Um, obviously, there is that stuff with like the aliens and, you know, different animals and whatnot. But I, I do really like that. Like it does help it make it feel more grounded and more realistic in a sense. Um, yeah, just just wanted to add that in there. But anyways, yeah. So the character creator uh, looks really good. Now, I'm the type of guy who it depends on the game, but sometimes I get really, really into character creators and for those of you that spend hours and hours and hours on creating that perfect character or, you know, that just horrific character or that beautiful waifu or, you know, whatever, this will do you justice. This looks great, um, especially coming from a game like Street Fighter VI uh, with that character creator. Uh, that one's great, but that one is terrifying and horrific. And you can make little freaks. Power. And it looks like you can make freaks um, of all kinds in this one. But uh a little bit more realistic freaks, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, we, we were, Ferris and I were discussing this game with a friend of ours, and he he brought up that the hair looks kind of weird. And I would say, yes, it, it does look a little strange sometimes. I, I think that's just the engine, though. Like, the engine just, it just doesn't do, like, even the graphics of the characters, they, they kind of, they don't look, like, amazing compared to a lot of other games out. But considering the engine that they're using, considering the scope of the game you know i'm willing to let that slide also like character creators if you're wearing a spacesuit 
I mean, me personally, I'm not really tripping. I mean, it's good to know that like, yeah, my character looks super swagged out. Swag. Wow. That's a word that who uses that word anymore. That's how you tell I'm old. Anyways. Yeah. The, the character, it's good to know if he, if he's like dripped out, you know, under, he looks good or she looks good under the spacesuit. But at the same time, you're going to be wearing armor and a literal spacesuit most of the time, I would imagine. So like, you're probably not going to see your character that much other than if you play in third person or if maybe in cutscenes. And yeah, that's, that's, that's also another thing. Um, the cutscenes. Will you, will they, will it be like fallout, like traditional fallout or will it, you know, be a little bit more cinema, cinema, I cannot say the word. I I can say the word that I want to say. Cinematonic, cinnamon toast crunch. Will it be more? Um, Yeah. How do you feel um, about the character creator? So, well, real quick, before I get into the creator as a whole, I will say that as far as a, a cutscene type stuff, I mean, I, I haven't seen anything that's led me to believe that we're it's suddenly going to be um, a cutscene-based game with your character involved in it. You know what I mean? Um, it's definitely, I, I would imagine all conversations are, are still just, you know, you talking. And one thing I'm usually never a fan of is the character creator in every Bethesda game. No matter what I do, they look like an abomination. Uh, and I only get excited about the statistics parts of it. Uh, and I could finally say that is not the case uh, with Starfield. I mean, one, you know, you, you already kind of mentioned it there that our homie mentioned too. Hair looks interesting. Uh, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it, I feel like it's mostly jarring because he's like... The actual facial textures, the the facial structure in general, like the the detail in the cheekbones and the jaw and the different variants you can do between the 40 uh, presets, all look shockingly good for an engine that they've been rocking since fucking Skyrim. Uh, so I'm really impressed that they managed to make it look this good and have this much variance, while the beards, especially thin ones, still very much look painted on. Uh, which is pretty distracting. I mean, in all honesty, when I play these games, I don't really do third person all that much. Uh, and when I do, I usually have some kind of helmet anyways. Uh, so I, I feel like the beard thing is only going to be really bugging you if you're kind of zooming into your face. So it's not really enough to knock it down. Um, what makes yeah, it harder, I mean, though, it, too, is, is the two like two of the speakers during that. They had some nice beards, man. I'm not going to lie to you. They, some nice they did have some nice beards. Yeah, they had some really nice beards. The juxtaposition between some really not nice beards uh, was uh, was kind of a bummer. But again, as, as a whole, I think it's a really good, just visually looking character creator. Plus, they, they mentioned that they're doing that thing again that they didn't fall out for where you can act like people or certain characters can actually say your name, commander or whatever. Uh, you'll be fine. Donald is quite uh, popular or infamous depending on uh, your political standing. But I feel like Ferris is going to get the shaft again. I might have to go by fucking Frank or something if I want them to call me by name. And at that point, it's just not really my name, but I digress. There was the uh, Dark Souls bow that was Ferris with a P, like PH. Yeah, and if if I have to spell my name with a PH, that's fine. That's 100% fine. It's honestly, it seems a lot cooler anyways. Plus, I won't get the whole, oh, Bueller in the wheel. Um, so that, that'd be dope. But, you know, moving past that, I, th- I think the two most interesting things past the, you know, the typical body face spiel, you can be slim, you can be thick, do what you want, 
is the idea of the backgrounds and traits. Now, a lot of times in RPGs, backgrounds are really more of like flavor text. You know, you there are certain games where like maybe in like Mass Effect, you could put that you were a hardened soldier or, you know, you were a colonist or something. And it's a, a little bit of lore and there might be a couple of dialogue options kind of hinting that, oh, you, you were a big nerd. Oh, you were a dope soldier or whatever. But it doesn't really do much or you know you have the opposite side of the spectrum where it's uh cyberpunk where they said oh these backgrounds will completely change the game and there was like three flavor texts throughout the whole game that did absolutely nothing uh which was my biggest fear that we're gonna get in this but so far it's based on the options that we've seen seems like there's actually quest ramification stuff separate kind of paths you can go on depending on what background you choose and if that was it alone i would think that's you know incredibly cool um and a a really nice addition but the fact that there's also like little skills that that come tacked on per background uh i feel like this is you know the one of the few rpgs i'm gonna be playing that aren't like because like if i play a pen and paper type thing if i'm playing Baldur's gate or something background is something that gets brought up all the time you know and I, I love it i always go for my characters class specific background specific uh dialogue choices and actions um just because i you know i i really feel like it, it helps immerse me in the lore of who my character is um so i think it's a really cool route they're going traits you know we already know uh they've bethesda's always been pretty good about stuff like this um well, not even just Bethesda. Even if we're if we're talking back to like Fallout Two before Bethesda had their grubby little hands on it, uh, traits were radically different. I mean, you had your basic leveling up perks, but traits completely changed what your character was even uh, capable of. Like you could set the fact your character to be a glass cannon right off the bat, and then you had you know something like Fallout New Vegas, which kind of brought that back again. Not really Bethesda, uh, and they had uh, some really cool stuff where you know you can have it to where. Uh, you have uh, double the AP, but your limbs get broken way easier. Or you can have something like Wacky Wasteland, and you can get jumped by a bunch of Betty Whites when you're in town. Uh, so I'm really excited that they brought back uh, the concept of traits here, especially because it, it, it doesn't seem like it's as simple as, oh, you picked a trait that makes you do 10% more gun damage. You know, like looking at one of them, Neon Street Rat. You grew up on the mean streets of Neon. You gain access to special dialogue options and better rewards for some missions on Neons. Crime bounty by other factions is great increased uh and there's always you know specific things you can't combine so and so with that but that that's something that's not just a one-off basic stat increase that is something substantial or the fact you can get the hero worshipped to where you have a, like a creepy super fan who seems like they want to like steal your skin off your face uh like again the fact there's this whole fun story ramification uh that can happen just based on a trait or <laughs> there's one where you can your parents are alive and every quest you do where you get money two percent of it gets sent to them and it seems like the only benefit is you get to visit your parents because um, we love I can, doing maybe that there's some kind of because we love is i mean I, honestly i should it maybe it'll condition me to do it in real life uh but just the idea from a role-playing perspective money money needs to be involved that i can do that admitted. yeah money needs to be involved and then oh, well, hey, i'm giving mom? the money in the situation all right I'm not. I'm not getting anything. All right. There's that, that's saying if I'm, I'm, I'm handing two percent. And you know what? I do. All right. I pay their internet bill. All right. I'm doing more than two percent. I'm doing my damn job. I'm a good son sometimes. So you're giving money. them money. Uh, but yeah, I'm giving them money. Well, yeah, they should be yeah. visiting you. I do, I, I do the right thing. They should be visiting me. They've done it twice ever. Yeah. Yeah. How the turntables? All right. Who's the Who's the bad person in the family now? Um. But yeah. So I I'm really excited to see. 
kind of like the depth of the background and trait system. I mean, we only got a couple little options as far as uh, showing what's there. And, you know, when, when I make a character, I'll spend at least 40 minutes uh, pondering through everything. Uh, really, it's just in such a massively vast game. I'm just wondering how often are background choices going to appear? Even if I get them like five or six times, that's five or six times it mattered more than it ever did in Cyberpunk, uh, which will be a win for me. So, yeah, man, I'm excited about this creator. Also, something about the the character creation regarding the traits at the end is he was like, oh, you can, there's also a way to remove traits. And I, I don't know why I assumed like, oh, you go talk to like a respect kind of person and you can remove traits. But then they show this like little. talk to a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, oh man, I got to stop visiting my parents every weekend. Anyways, but they show a scene where you're, looks like you're up there with maybe a companion or an NPC or somebody. And you're like at the top tip top of this mountain and you get behind them and you get ready to shoot them. And then he's like, yeah, yeah it was the adoring fan out? specific. Yeah. It, it definitely gave me an, an old yeller of mice and men situation here. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think Lenny is long for this world here. Uh, so that'll be, it'd be very interesting. You seem to have seemingly in the scene, just, just <laughs> fucking flew him off to a planet. Where are we going next? And you know, that's uh, the grass is greener in heaven, bud. Um, so yeah, I, we definitely get to be kind of psycho in this game if we want. Although in our hypothetical character's defense, this person seems pretty crazy themselves and is, you know, definitely, uh, collecting urine samples, uh, every time you leave the bathroom. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I think they, I think they probably have to get put down. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. You, I mean, that's just weird, right? Like even for space, that's, that's weird. And also social relationships, not cool. No, not, not cool at all. Not uh, imagine the space parasocial that, that, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't even want to imagine that. Oh God, Anyhow, yeah, fucking Twitch streamers in space. Oh God. Just here we are. We're streaming from the moon, 24 hour stream. Check it out. I'm in this crater. Oh, I'm going to get probed by this alien. He's showing up. If I get a thousand subs. Yep. Check it out. That's what I. Envisioned. So this became like an OnlyFans thing. All right. Yeah. Mm, I mean, I mean, Twitch. I mean, OnlyFans we're paying OnlyFans. to to watch someone get probed. I feel like that's slightly past the the Twitch. I mean, uh, you know, market. I, don't know I mean, yeah, maybe a, maybe a little pat, maybe maybe riding the fine lines of the, the terms of service. You know what I mean? But if you're in a swimming pool with that alien, you know, if you're if you're swimming in a crater, like a small little crater, and you have water, and you're in a bikini, yeah, bikini. That's right. You're in a bikini as a male. And you're with an alien and they're in a bikini. You're fine. You're good. You can stream that, you know? So get those subs. Get those numbers up. That's game content. Exactly. Exactly. Moving on. Now, one thing about those traits, the only thing I can think of, speaking of psychotic people, is with that one trait where you can be the hero and there's that guy who comes up to me. He's like, oh, my God, it's you. Wow, in the flesh. All I can think of is what will happen if you just murder that guy? If you just like, if he sees you in public, but you kind of just take him around the corner and you just kill him, you kill him with a bloody Mesperk too. So he just explodes, you know, for all those of you that remember the bloody Mesperk, I hope that's, that's in this game. That sounds a little psychotic, but it's a fun. Yeah. This is a, this is a wild hypothetical you're diving in, but go on. Anyways. But I wonder like, if you do that, we'll remove the trade because then you're no longer a hero, right? You're like, you're like a, like a scumbag, right? I mean, hmm. Yeah, I I do wonder what kind of like what will we actually 
is there any kind of morality system? Would that would that trait kind of tie into the morale? Like you lose access to this once you do enough not so cool things. Because again, in that that little hypothetical scene they showed, where you know you you took the the fan out, that was the same fan who was losing their mind that you're the hero. Uh, so instead of just going around the corner, they fucked off to another planet. But essentially, the same thing was going down. Is it a nobody saw? Nobody oh, that was the same fan. Situation? Oh, I'm stupid. That was the same fan. Yeah, if you look at the little, that. it says adoring, adoring fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I did okay. say it. I did vocalize and say, hey, I that's the same fan. And yeah, you did I go, didn't... oh, yeah. But, you know, that was what, 30 seconds ago? I mean, that's a long time. Yeah, memory gone. 30 seconds? Yeah. Come yeah. on, man. Okay. A lot yeah, of no, that, that, honestly, though, that is a good question because uh, I really do wonder we, you know, traditionally speaking, the, the Fallout games, they, they had some kind of morality thing. Elder Scrolls was just like, yo, don't piss off the guards and go to jail. But there wasn't necessarily like a good karma, bad karma type of spiel. Uh, they didn't really seem to touch on a, a straight morality thing. Could be based, you know, the traits could be based on something like that. Um, or you could be a hypocritical hero. We, we uh, That we don't know enough yet. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. But yeah, looks exciting. Looks cool. Looks like they took all the best things from their previous games and sprinkled them all in there and added some more. And speaking of that, there's the new skill system. Now, the skill system seems pretty interesting in that you have your traditional skills or like and your traditional system where you get XP and you level up and you get a skill point each time you level up and then you can put those into a skill. And then those skills have ranks. It looks like they have about four ranks. And to rank them up, so I guess when you put a skill point into a skill and then you unlock that rank, to unlock the next rank, you have to complete challenges, which I think is a cool move because it kind of it kind of mixes it up rather than, oh, I'm just leveling up and getting a point, leveling up, getting a point, leveling up, getting a point and putting it in. It kind of incentivizes you to kind of double down on that skill. Um, and I don't know, it makes it a little bit more interesting. Like, you know, hey, uh, to level up the locking skill, you got to go out and pick all these locks or you know, maybe thunk. there's, yeah, maybe there's a, a murder skill and to murder you to murder more and get better at murdering, you just have to go out there and murder. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, hopefully they have better verbiage for it, but yeah. For sure, for sure. Also, but, gotta you know. say, Death of the Death of the Bethesda lockpicking minigame. They finally did it. They finally did something different. I don't know how to feel about that. I like change, but ever since Oblivion, it's been the exact not no, Oblivion had a different one. Ever since Fallout three, it has had the exact same lockpicking minigame. Fallout three, Fallout Four, uh, uh and, and Skyrim. So yeah, it's very it's iconic, or even the ESO. Uh, it's quite iconic. Uh, Fallout seventy six too. So for them to to finally do something different, I don't quite comprehend how it works. I can't imagine it's too different. Uh, just to, you know, it's a death of something old. I'll miss it. Yeah, that's pretty crazy that they decided to change that after so many games having it we're in space now it's fair i guess yeah the one thing that i didn't see and i don't want to see is the computer hacking that's one thing i never liked in fallout i grew to like it i i grew to like it once i realized that there i understood what i was doing i used to just guess once i realized that it was a little mental exercise puzzle and you have to click the little the hidden patterns to to remove uh the the faulty answers out it, i don't know man it was kind of like a it was a really fun little word search kind of thing it took a long it took a took a long time though i'll admit that can't tell if 
you're just dumbfounded that I liked it or if you're disconnecting. We were just having a little bit of service issues there as usual. Once again, I'm in between yeah. internet providers. So we are my man's favorite thing. To say. We are constantly going through issues, especially since I'm hosting this thing, but my cable guy has finished today. They had to install a whole cable line from the box all the way down the street to my house, because I guess I didn't have one. And now that that's finally done, I will have the installer come any day now and finally install modern internet. Like I mentioned earlier, I was on the DSL, but I got cable coming. We'll see. We'll see. Honestly, I just. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be a running joke throughout the entire podcast. He's coming. I just checked his status. He's on the way. He should be here in the next one to three years. Yep. And. Right as you'd said that, it also did a little blip. So that was that was perfect timing. That was great. Thanks, Internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sick. Yeah. Well, we're, we're gonna we're gonna test your editing skills. But you know, back in the the notions of of skills themselves, I you know until I see you know same thing with the traits. Until I see a full deep dive, I'm still a little. Uh, still like mildly skeptical of it because i i you know i i wanted my my biggest hope with uh this game was that they really double down on the rpg elements of it uh the fact that they're going hard with the backgrounds of traits is definitely leading me to believe that they are um but i know this skill tree definitely is more reminiscent of fallout 4 uh compared to uh, other games that they did but i like that they kind of combine that with the elder scrolls mindset because you know while in fallout it was always very static. You you, know, you level up, you pick a perk. Although in Fallout, you also put points with three New Vegas. Anyways, you put points into a bunch of different skills: small guns, speech, etc. Um, and then depending on how much points you had in those skills, deter and what level you were, determined what perks were available. For example, yeah, there might be a perk to unlock level ten, but you need fifty lockpick for the perk to even appear. Um, so it, it was kind of a balance of picking the right skills and you know hitting. A level up while in Elder Scrolls, it was a keep using a thing to get level up. You want to, I mean, it was hilarious in like Oblivion. You wanted to jump higher, just keep jumping, which led me to play the game like a maniac where I would just bounce 24 7 until I could eventually jump over a house. And then in Skyrim, they kind of, you know, they tuned it down a little bit, but it was also, you know, you want to get better at blocking, keep fucking blocking. And then you, that leveled up that tree in which you can now put points into the perk system. So this one seems to, at least from what we could tell, have a lot more options uh, readily available. And it has a traditional just level up, you put it in there, and then from there, that's when the start using it initiative pops in. But rather than kind of a vague, you know, because the way it worked in, in like Skyrim, you know, sometimes I would cheese it. I would just, you know, sit there with a shield and I would just be on my phone while blocking some weak enemies in a corner um, for like 40 minutes just to level up my blocking as high as possible. Or I would craft a iron dagger for two hours over and over again to get my smithing all the way up, my blacksmithing all the way up. Uh, while in this game, it seems like you, you, you can't quite do that because, like, you know, you want to get the intimidation skill, right? You know, you could force an NPC uh, below your level to flee for a limited time. You need to intimidate 25 other people if you want to get that from two to three. Now, one thing I wasn't quite sure if they uh, stated was, is this a you level up, you put one point into the, the skill 
and from there it's purely rank it up and it'll keep getting better or once you do the challenge do you also have to put another point to unlock it i believe it's just a one and done but i wasn't quite sure if they uh specified that because i don't know how much skills there are it doesn't seem like there's an insane amount of skill trees so if you only have about one point into it then seemingly by the end of the game you'd be able to depending on how much we're leveling up uh be able to get almost all the skills if that's how it works and i'm not sure they want us to go full god mode so i am uh, kind of curious how the, the balance is working out yeah i think it's the the former from what they showed but the latter would make more sense like you said otherwise you would just become space god you know i would think if you're getting points that you know, I got a real quick rebuttal re here because looking at it, there are five skill trees and just the top rows are both 10 perks each. So, yeah, that that alone are, are, are 50 and then that's what, a lot. That's OK, there, there's at least 80 something skills here. So, yeah, no, I think a one and done point into them is probably how it works. Um, I don't know if everyone's going to be hitting a level 75 character or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, I think it's just going to work like that. And that, that sounds like a pretty solid system. I agree. I agree. Another solid system that they've implemented is the spaceship customization and building. Um, this looks really, really in depth, really well done. And for those of you like space builder, just super customization nerds out there who just loves taking your like, cars in a car game or you know again character creation cars or just, in a car just <laughs> just you you really like to just tinker with shit and make it super cool and create it and craft it to your likeness this looks right up your alley um for me i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i'm gonna dive into that super thoroughly i'll probably mess with it a little bit but you never know it looks pretty pretty intricate also like that there's so many different space manufacturer companies that always gets me kind of like Borderlands with like, you know, the different manufacturers of weapons. Like, it's, I don't know. It's just a cool thing. Yeah, to they know. all have their own unique signature thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. It's not just a flavor thing. It actually affects the style, the gameplay. Yep. The, yeah, yep, yeah. because then you it's cool. You know what you're getting, right? You know what you're getting. This is this is made by, you know, whoever Galactus and this is made by. Yeah, whatever. Crimson Crew. I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't come up with a second fucking title, <laughs> could you? Capped out at one. Analysis Paralysis. You know what I mean? Anyhow, Analysis Paralysis is okay, what I'm going to get. That's a good company. Yeah. Trying to decide on the ship that I want to build. So, yeah, it looks really good. I like how you can hire a crew. I also wonder what to what extent this does to you for your ship. Like, does this just keep your ship in tip-top shape like durability wise does it keep it clean and running nice and help you fight those spaceship battles um or what also like can you just hire just anybody you want to hire or you know just some random alien off the street or does it have to be you know a set set thing for one of these companies or something like that i don't know but it looks really cool and again it has that grounded look like this looks like something that nasa could be working on you know in reality it doesn't look super future crafted and just out of this realm type of building it looks you know like again more realistic and yeah you could tell they've just show they, they've given it a lot of love which i appreciate and also i like how they really wanted to give everything a worn in look and make it look used that way it's not just all just brand new sparkly shiny and it's just 
you know, it's just a backdrop in your exploration and your journey across space. Like it actually looks like your character and the crew in there is using these things and it, it is well worn in. I really like that small finite detail that they added to this. Ferris, how do you feel about space customization, spaceship customization? Are you, are you a big customization guy? Are you, does this do anything? You know, for you? I'm, I'm, so I, I used to like the idea of vehicle composition used to uh, be just dreadful to me. Um, it was actually the highly underrated classic Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, also known as the precursor to Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, that uh, really made me uh, appreciate the idea of building ship. Because I remember like going for the first ship I'd ever build was in Kingdom Hearts with my gummy ship gummy ship never quite figured out how to say that um and i used to tinker you know put little, little my little gun blocks on the sides and stuff but uh it the the payout was just never worth it because yeah i would spend so long building a ship and i was like hold it wait a minute i hate the missions this isn't fun for me so why am i doing this but then when i played nuts and bolts i was like oh i can spend time theory crafting a really cool design and it's actually functional and it actually helps me and then i, I don't regret the time put into it uh really it's all about um, how intuitive the system is. Um, and yeah, looking at this, the different angles, the kind of bird's eye view you can do from it. Uh, it's overwhelming, sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I'm going to honestly get pretty into it. Uh, and like you were saying with the whole like worn look, uh, you know, I'm all about that. Like if you look at my car right now, it's in desperate need of a car wash and there are bird shit marks on at least uh, three different uh, surface areas. That's just nasty, uh, man. So yeah, my, I, my vehicle should not look clean. Uh, cause that wouldn't, that's not proper role-playing for me. It should look like, uh, you know, cause people go by my car and do that thing where they like fucking think like they write on it with their finger and it says, wash me with a smiley face. That's happened to me. Like, I don't know if it's one fucking person who's doing it, but I've been hit three times and the, it always looks a little different. So it makes me feel like different people are walking by my <laughs> car and going gross and decide to put their it's little, never uh, happened touch to on me. It. that's so, crazy. Yeah. If I could. That means you care about your vehicle, and that's a good thing. Um, yeah, no, I I need my I need a grimy ship. Uh, I'm very curious to see, you know, uh, especially the idea that you can like again, you're taking out pirates and stuff. I I'm trying to go full space pirate. I'm gonna be blunt. I'm I'm gonna be a space pirate who is who does some good things, but I don't think I'm gonna be the pure savior. In this game, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm big into pirates, mostly One Piece. I'm not going to get into all that. So I'm trying to make my, my little Straw Hat crew over here. I'm trying to have a bunch of quirky characters to to, to, to add to my crew. You know, some uh, a bunch of varying personalities that don't necessarily all mesh. Uh, so I'm hoping that we have some unique people, not just kind of static random crews that you can get. Um but yeah, like you're saying, I am curious, like, what is the exact you know, function of that? Um, especially because it seems like the, the varying sizes of your ship will kind of determine uh, what kind of, you know, how much people you can even fit in there. Like, am I going to be able to get a janitor? Can I get a cook? Can I, you know, let me get a musician here. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super curious. I mean, they showed off some really fun builds. You can make a platypus. I mean, let's be real. Look at what happened with Zelda. It's going to be a lot of flying dicks. We are going to dick ride the sky and fuck the cosmos 100%. Um, Really looking forward to that. You know, you don't need to be mature to play video games. That's one of the good things. They also build a little little Gundam action going on. So yeah, yeah. No, I I I think player uh, player created vehicles with very little uh, restriction is always a good thing. Because if you want to go realistic and it's a single player game, you want to make your just basic aerodynamic ship cool. 
you want to be a giant veiny space dick, also cool, and no one can tell you otherwise. I just have a giant cannon laser beam thing at the very front of it. Uh, yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. And speaking of being right there with you, companions. They did go over the companions. Oh, the segue. You, Look at him. You like that, huh? You like that. So, yeah, not only can you... I like that. I like that. ...drive a spaceship dick, um, you could also potentially have a dick as a companion. And I don't mean, like, a literal dick. I mean, like, he could be an asshole or she could be an asshole. Um, but they look like they're pretty varied and they... Which normally they really are. Like, New Vegas had a bunch of different ones, obviously. Uh, Fallout 4 did as well. Um, obviously, there were fan favorites that were just god-tier, like... Boone from New Vegas who would just snipe people literally out of your view before you even saw him. And then he'd be like, I got him. Oh, I learned that in the, the military. Um, yeah, he was a great companion, but he was pretty overpowered. And then, of course, you have um, dog meat from Fallout 4. The dog, which couldn't you have dog meat and another companion? You could have two, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Thankfully. Yeah, thankfully the the dog wasn't um, same thing with like Rex in New Vegas, uh, who wasn't I hate not to hate on dog meat, the superior dog, uh, more heartwarming story, more involved with things. You're you just, just you're just saying that because Rex was a robot dog, he was an AI dog. You didn't like that, did you? First off, he was a dog. Okay, we don't need to fucking split hairs. Okay, or you know cyber brains or whatever. But yeah, no, I, I mean he was cool. He's badass. Uh, I was a fan. Um, and yeah, I mean. The, it, it, I, I, I'm very unbiased. A lot of times what determines a, a cool looking character uh, or a good character is like, do I like their aesthetic and stuff? We, we don't really seem to have any, um, very out there looking ones. Again, Boone, very signature look or like Nick Valentine, you, you know, you had in Fallout 4, you had a, an actual synth fucking, you know, detective with this noir look it was very striking. Um, so far, you know, these people, they seem very basic. Sam Coe, Sarah Morgan, um, you know, just very normal folks. I'm just like, yeah, they all have different skills, different, like, oh, I'm a melee person. I'm the gun stealth person. Uh, but I, you know, uh, it all lives and dies on their personalities. They did already say that they're, they're all going to have their own quest lines and everything. Um, so I'm, I'm, and they can even, it's interesting that I, they mentioned the romance aspect. Now I couldn't quite tell, was that just specifically like, you can romance them as is tradition, traditional in most RPGs these days, or are these uh, companions able to kind of intermingle with themselves? I think that'd be really cool. I couldn't quite tell uh, what was happening there at the end when there was a little like, I, I I've only been in love with you or whatever that person did. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to, to see what they're about. Cause you know, there's games like mass effect where I did all of the, uh, all the quest lines specifically for like each party member, but there was a hundred percent multiple party members that were only there. I would do them for the quest line and nothing else. Cause I did not enjoy them. They weren't that likable. I didn't like their design. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that they're pretty well-rounded cause it was the same kind of thing we had in outer worlds, you know, which is super Starfield uh, light. Uh, you know, you had Pavardi, an amazing companion who had a really, you know, great voice actors, uh, really engaging storyline, good in combat. And then you had a lot of other people who are not Pavardi who came after, and I couldn't even tell you their names. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping Bethesda really step their game up in their individuality. I'm hoping that we have some more out there. 
companions, you know, some kind of alien, some kind of cool little robot. Um, I, I don't just want um, some person named Sarah. But I agree yeah. that that little robot they showed, seen. though, was pretty cool. That NASA looking robot. I almost wanted yeah, to with say his, with his longer limbs and stuff. Yeah, I almost see. Yeah. Mech looking thing. I almost wanted to call him Chappie, but Chappie looked a little bit more human like. But y- you get what I'm saying. Like, yeah, he looked pretty interesting. He looked kind of cool. Like, I think it's cool having like a little NASA bot with you. I'm kind of like I'm always on the fence with companions because it's really hard for me to care about their story. Like some of them do have an interesting story, but most of the time I'm like, okay, cool. Like I have some lore and it's cool if we like run into something while we're playing the game, that's cool. But for you to like join up and then be like, Oh, we got to go do this whole quest line. Now I've never really been a fan of that. Like it, 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 I don't know. It, like you said, it depends on the character, but Again, me personally, I like having like a dog meat or Boone who just who who didn't go super in depth with his storyline, at least that I can remember. It's been a long time. And they would just roll they with did. you. Oh, of course they did. Yeah. That's, there's my memory again. And yeah, I don't play games, guys. Yeah. I yep. I'm 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 really trying to fool you guys, but it's just it's not Boone had an incredibly tragic storyline. And then once you were with him long enough, a new quest line opened up and you learned everything about his backstory. Jesus really cool stuff. The probably the most interesting thing about him. Jesus Christ. But uh Well, I knew there was a reason I had guy. him with me, okay? And it wasn't yeah. it wasn't just for him sniping people across the map. No, that pretty much was it though, to be honest. But yeah. I like the idea of just having like a dog or like the chappy robot with me because I don't know. I think that's kind of cool rather than just having a human partner that's just rolling with me. I don't know. I, I like the idea of that. It makes me feel like I'm, I'm more so going on my own adventure rather than having like a whole party of people with like a bunch of storylines that I just don't really care about. Like I'd rather roll with a NASA robot where it's like, Yo, what's up? I'm from NASA. How are you? And then he's like, you want to go on an adventure? And then I'm like, yeah, dude, let's do it. And then he's like, all right, let's do it. Let's go smoke some moon weed. I'm like, okay, I don't smoke, but you know what? Let's do it. Let's oil you up. Let's get you, let's get you blaze and let's hit the, hit the road. You know what I mean? Like, that's cool. That's pretty cool. Now. Yeah. If, that sounded awesome. That, right. Basically. Right. Much better than Sarah. Who's like, Sarah, my parents left me and they all died. And you met me in this bar. And. Yeah, I want to go on an adventure with you so I can get revenge on those dirty scalbots. I hope we run into those scalbots. And it's like, nah, just I just I like I don't care, man. Like I don't care. I'd rather hang out with you know my very interesting voice choice I, you went with yeah, on Sarah. I'm working on my <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> I'm working on my voice acting. I was excited again. to see where you're gonna go after after your excellent chapping. Hey, my parents. Um, can I go with you? Yeah. Maybe we can smoke some earth it, weed. It's uh, you know, it's space, you know, okay? They're they're who who knows what anybody sounds like or looks like up there. You know what I mean? But yeah, companions. Um, yeah, well, and you know, speaking on uh on space itself though. Uh cuz yeah, we kind of tackle the ship stuff, but you know, what's uh what's the point of making a ship if you ain't fucking flying it? And you know, way way back before we actually got any proper news on this, like a huge thing everyone wondered was is spaceflight going to be a, a static thing? Is it going to be a click here and you autopilot there? Is it going to be uh, an actual fly everywhere? Is this going to be a cutscene? And actually seeing it in action, dogfights and all, uh, honestly, I'm pretty blown away 
Um, the dog fighting looks really cool. The UI, it just, it all looks very techy and stuff. Like it, uh, with the, you know, all your, your different amp, like uh, artillery, uh, on, on available to, you know, left trigger, right trigger, Y for the missiles, yada, yada. Um, especially just like, it seems like there are so much, de- you know, depending on like the, uh, the, the shape of your ship, the amount of thrusters you put, there's a lot of, uh, uh, options and variety as far as how fast you're moving. What's your, you know, how quickly can you pick up speed? Are you, do you have just a giant war machine? And while I think the idea of actually flying to these other planets and, you know, uh, just actually exploring space, like you see that moon over there, you can go to it in traditional Todd Howard fashion. And the fact that it works, it's amazing. But the thing that blew me away is the fact that you could actually hijack a ship. Cause we knew that you'd be able to, you know, Oh, there's an enemy pirate ship over there. Blast them. But the fact that you could actually dock, board them, kill them all, and then steal their ship, and then just start flying that, I think is absolutely insane. Insane. I was reading a uh, uh, an interview from Todd Howard earlier that he had with IGN, I believe, and he was mentioning that you know they were he was on a planet, um, like one of the randomly generated ones decides to go into this enemy ship that's docked over there, is fighting, and then in the middle of fighting people on the ship, the ship took flight. Without his say, because it's not his ship. He's just, he happened to be in the he's ship. Out of there. And then it took flight. And now he's in space. So at that point, your only choice is to steal their ship and then take it back to your ship. You spot. made me fucking uh, you do know, it. And there's, you know Because I mean? it even shows, like, you know, yeah, you could, because, like, at one point it shows there's, like, a traitor Highlander, you know? Um, and so you can go ahead and, you know, oh, I see. What's up, the the UC narcissist? Oh, that's that's an interesting narcissistic name to, to go with it. They're very self-aware, these people. Uh, but, yeah, you could say, I hate narcissists. And you can go to the piracy option and dock them and, and steal from them. And, like, it, these are traitors. I can imagine that they're not some dirty, horrible people where you're doing space uh, a favor. So, I mean, it's one thing to be able to be a bad guy in Bethesda games. You can you know, be pretty vile at times. But the fact that I can meet some innocent traitors in space, hijack their ship, kick them out, kill them, throw them out into space, steal their ship and all their goods, and just go back home like nothing happened and still have the hero trait. Uh, yeah, man, this is a... This level of depth with the with the ship to ship kind of combat and interactions, honestly, was something I didn't expect. I thought that that felt too ambitious from a developer standpoint. Um, that felt like more of a cool idea that they wish that they can add. But on top of how every all the other dynamic shit they got going on in this game and the insane size, it just wouldn't be feasible. But you can. And the fact that they're showing this now, I'm like, man, what else are they hiding from us? Because that is, in my opinion, huge. That is huge. Also, not only that, but just like just popping up on other ships and being like, yo, what you doing? What's going on here? You could just hop on fucking Battlestar Galactica ship and just nice place and just, uh, yeah, be like, yo, what's going on? You guys about to go fight some aliens or something? All right, cool. I'm going to just hang out, check out the place. And yeah, nice place. And then you can bounce, and then, yo, oh, there's a cruise ship? No, let me go see what they're doing. They're cruising. Oh, they're cruising on the cruise ship. Okay, a bunch of rich people. I'm going to go kick it. I'm going to have have something to drink. You know what I mean? Take my little chappy bot with me, too. He's going to smoke some weed. We're going to hang out have a good time. You know? Oh, we're out of here. Oh, we got to go. Oh, we just see a shipyard? Let's go check out the shipyard. What's the guy going on here? Like, that's crazy to me. So, like, not only do you have the planets, but you also have, like, it's, it's like he even says in the presentation, it's much more than just fighting for your life or staying alive, flying your ship. And not even can you only 
ha- hijack ships, you can literally just board other ships with their permission, I would assume. So there's got to be something like that, right? They wouldn't just let anybody just, you know, on their ship with it, you know what I'm saying? But who knows? And that's super cool. Like, it just goes to show that, like, just cruising through space, who knows what you might find or who you might come across or what quests you might stumble upon or, you know, like, what if you board a ship and there's a bunch of fucking chappy bots on there? You know what I'm saying? And they miss Chappy, and they're going to take his ass from you because you docked and they knew you had Chappy, and they think you're abusing them. They think you're a fucking robot abuser. They ain't going to like that. And now you're trapped. What if they take your ship? They take your fucking. You did get them hooked on moonweed. I mean, in their defense. That is true. That is true. And that is not a good look. That is not a good look. You get. I was not part of Chappie's programming. But, uh, you know, if I could program him to be a crackbot, that would be so sick because that would be so entertaining he just we just go to a planet he just spazzes out it'd actually be super chaotic but if that's the playthrough you're going for sign me up you know what i'm saying anyhow so you you just want to be ronald reagan of space that sounds sick as fuck okay that sounds super fucking sick okay matter of fact that is a stance to matter of fact no 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 matter of fact i want chappy bot to be ronald reagan bot that would be even more sick how awesome would that be you just go you know what let's not get into this anyways how awesome would more ronald reagan be not a take i expected to hear in reality horrible Um, horrible in reality that would be horrible but in space dude let's let's just let's just plant a bunch of crack all over the cosmos yes yes Low-income planets, Dude. and they'd be like, why are they on crack? Yeah, that's uh, okay. Whoa, man, Reaganomics in space, Dude, that is a bummer. That would be crazy. Todd, Todd, I know I know you have the power, man. Make it happen. Todd, you have the power to never do anything like that. That is also very true. That is also very true. And after that, so during the presentation, they go through some watch and Xbox controller and headset. We're not really going to talk about that stuff. Um, just to let you guys know, we are P- looks cool. It looks cool. Uh, we are PC players. We do have Playstations as well. Ferris has a Switch, um, but Xbox. I mean, there's Xbox Game Pass. You know what I mean? You 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 basically have an Xbox if you have a computer. So that's where we stand. Anyhow, the exploration, right? So we kind of touched on that a little bit earlier with the thousand planets to visit and of course todd's famous callback to skyrim you see that mountain over there you see that planet over there you see that moon over there you see that crack walk over there you can go to it that's right you see that moon weed over there you can smoke <laughs> you can it. smoke it that's right and you can take your dick robot dick spaceship that's right both dick and ship. you can go I there i'm not rolling with a with a dick bot i mean right? you can you keep your, you your sex bots serious. Yeah, but you you probably hooked up with Fisto and followed New Vegas, didn't you? Oh, God. No. No, I didn't. I, I did forget oh, about him, oh, though. Oh, God. I did forget about him, though. I'm sure there's going to be another interpretation of Fisto in this game. And for those of you that don't know Fisto, uh, it's better it's better that you don't know Fisto. Anyhow. For the record, his full government name is Fisto the sex bot. Moving on. That's his full government name? Okay. Well, that's his full name, yeah. Okay, so I wonder what Chappie would be. Would he be Chappie the Crack Addict Bot? Would that be? Well, I suppose moon- that depends on the user. Chappie the Moonweed Addicted Bot? Uh, Chappie the Moonweed Smoker Bot. That would be cool. My, 
Mine's just me, Chappy the Brobot. Chappy the know? Brobot. I don't want to. I don't want to mess. You don't want a stoner bot. That makes sense. He'd probably be hell lazy. He probably nah, like bro, Brobot's good. He's just my homie. Malfunction all the time and get shit wrong and yeah. Anyhow, so the exploration it looks great. Um, you can go there. You can scan different planets. It looks like. Um, they also showed that there's a bunch of different stuff you can find. Um, like we touched on earlier, outposts and whatnot. Um, to be determined how different they all are. Um, as well as like resource collecting. But I mean, it looks like it was such varied planets. There's going to be, I would imagine there's going to be a shit ton of resources, right? Like a shit ton. And then it's like, okay, what are we using these resources resources for? Um, for trade, I would assume to get buy ship parts, crafting. crafting. Um, also just being able to collect literally everything. Like, you know, they show the scene where he goes up and he collects a fucking candy bar and a juice box and like a, fucking lego thing looking thing and you can basically collect everything um so i would imagine the crafting yeah but that's that's traditional bethesda fair true true and a lot of that shit was junk right like a lot of that shit was junk in yeah yeah yeah. like there's a lot of stuff you come up you'd be like okay i'm not picking this shit up like it's you know worthless but i I imagine if you have 40 sandwiches in your in your pocket here it's not for uh much purpose but doesn't mean i won't pick them up yeah yeah and also like they showed one planet that had like a sandstorm going on and that's one thing i didn't even think about um, until they show the expiration was like dynamic weather. Like, is there, is there going to be dynamic weather going on? Like multiple w- different weather types on multiple different planets, or is it going to be like, Oh, if you go to this planet, you can sometimes get a sandstorm, but that's it. Uh, which I guess would make sense for you if you look at it like a space nerd kind of way and be like, Oh, well the moon is over here. And you know, there's, there's no way the rain can happen because there's no clouds and there's no, this, there's no that or precipitation or, you know, I don't know. Nerdy talk. Right. Um, yeah, I, I do wonder if there will be a, a multitude of weather that you will experience. Cause that's something I really enjoy in all games. I mean, just having a night and day cycle, which they do have, right. They said the, the moons rotate depending on how close or where they are in the solar system to the planet that you're on, which is super cool. But going further than that, yeah, like, you know, can a fucking thunderstorm happen? Um, can a meteorite shower happen and start fucking spraying your planet, you know, with meteors? Am I getting way too ahead of myself and expecting too much from this game um, with something like that? That could be also be a case. But I mean, we we literally see at one point what appears to be a, a bit of a thunderstorm going down. We, we we know for a fact there's sandstorms. Right. We see a very icy planet. I think a blizzard isn't isn't asking too much going on right. over there. So, yeah, no, I, I think a, a natural disaster kind of like severe weather effects past the basic. Oh, it's drizzling. Oh, it's a little dusty. Like, it seems like there's going to be um, actually like gameplay uh, in, impacting uh, weather effects that are that are going down here and like i said we see from the grand scheme of things very brief little overview uh a lot of different biomes uh different aesthetics going down um you know giant crystal caves dune like deserts uh very like barely like beautiful sunlit rocky caverns um so yeah and the fact that you know the the lights calculated in real time. The the day and night cycles more realistic than ever as far as the you know the angle of like when the moon is is going and, and, and during its rotation. Um, yeah, man. I uh, just from a visual standpoint, uh, it's looking amazing to explore. And you know, I like we already covered. There's a bunch of different resources, a bunch of random critters to fight, and it seems like there's like let's say there's like 
uh, 30 random events that can happen, right? It seems like those are just, like, if that's even the amount, could be less, could be more. Uh, like, for example, outposts, uh, bandit attacks, uh, random traders you can find. It seems like those will just be randomly selected for those randomly generated planets. Um, just kind of showing that constant diversity to where you truly don't know what you're going to get into. And, you know, it's a small thing, and I'm sure there's going to be repetitive uh, notions with it. But doubling back, like what I said earlier, as, as far as the gameplay loop... You know, I feel like if you do find at any point you're getting slightly bored of exploring these randomly generated planets, it seems a little too samey to you, uh, take a break. Go back to the the more custom-created content, and then, you know, just kind of bounce between the two. Um, and I, I feel like that's going to be incredibly strong for the longevity of what's realistically going to be a game that we'll all sink a minimum of 100 hours into, if not way more. Easily, easily. And, you know, take a break and literally take a break. And what I mean by that is take a break exploring and build your own house, you know, build your own uh, dick house, literally, you know, you could probably do that too in this game. But the base, the base uh, building looks really cool, like really, really customized. I mean, they already kind of had it down, right? Like with Fallout 4. I'm never really into that. I don't, you know, I don't really care. I didn't love yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't love it. Also, Preston Garvey, if there's a fucking Preston Garvey bot there's in this game, settlement. and I swear to God, yeah, if he comes up and tells me there's a settlement, I'm going to kill him. I'm literally going to blast him away in this game. Um, because, yeah, that was so fucking annoying in Fallout 4. I hated that. It literally made me hate having a settlement, made me hate Preston Garvey. Yeah, I'm, I just, wow. I'm, I'm telling Chappie Bot to fucking smoke his ass, and I'm not talking about smoke his ass like weed. I'm talking about literally destroy obliterate this guy from the plant i'm gonna drop a fucking i don't think you mini need to provide the context i'm gonna drop a mini nuke on preston garvey i'm gonna blow it matter of fact the planet that preston garvey's on i'm gonna see if there's a way that you could blow up the whole fucking planet that he's on okay that's what i'm gonna do with preston garvey's in this game anyhow All i digress right. okay but wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm, v- I'm very passionate about that I'm very passionate real about visceral that. yes yes but yeah, the it looks super cool. Again, like touching on the uh, the rest of the customization with your spaceship, looks like the same type of thing. There's just endless possibilities. You can arrange it how you want. You can do it on virtually almost any planet. It looks like, and you can you know it looks well worn in. It looks like you can go for different aesthetics, and yeah, it looks cool. You can also, I'm assuming have some type of like crafting in there. There's like one point where they showed like a research lab where you could do like research stuff and build like equipment and food and drink and pharmacology and a bunch of different stuff like that. Level it up, um, which also you can mod your weapons there, which the weapon modding looks really good. And again, we had an, a, a kind of a very cracked out fallout. Exactly. 4. Cracked out fallout four, which fallout fours was good, but this is again, taking it to a whole nother level and you're not just building it out of fucking rusty ass, old ass, fucked up parts from a nuclear wasteland. Now the future, the future is here. So you can make all kinds of crazy dope looking shit, crazy knives, crazy axes. Yes, like a knife or an axe. Yes, exactly. Crazy futuristic. Right, stuff. but they look aesthetically, they're futuristic. They got cutouts in the handle. They're super sharp. I mean, I feel like you're <laughs> a kind of thing in modern ages. But I hey, mean, yeah, uh, yeah. Whatever, whatever gets you hype, man. And a shotgun is still a shotgun. Uh, and, you know, there are some. Even though honestly, it's a like, As far as like the, the, the kind of. Just like what we were talking about with the ships, where they don't, they, they definitely go for a, um, almost like what an older interpretation of what futuristic stuff look like. Because there, there are some stuff here that that look like you know part the futuristic, part seventies. Yeah, true. With some of these guns and the and the way that they're uh, designed, which I love. Throw, the throw a wooden stock on some. Yeah, I already kind of take it back a few years. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then also just some, like some janky-looking pipes on some of these guns. You know, very much makes it look jerry, you know, like jerry rigged, uh, jerry rigged, handcrafted, MacGyvered. Um, and you know, we also see like el- el- elemental system stuff is coming back. We see ice effects. We see burning. We got explosive rounds. There's probably some corrosive type stuff. Uh, I'm I knew that they were gonna go pretty hard when it came to uh, the combat. I knew there'd be a stepped up Fallout Four. I didn't expect this insane level of weaponry and diversity. Now, at the same time, maybe it's not even necessarily a crazy amount of base weapons, but it seems like with the variety of ways that you can uh, mix these guns up, stick different stocks, you know, scopes and everything, uh, you can have a wildly different arsenal for everything. Uh, you know, because combat again, that was a, a big fear because what. Th- thing this game doesn't seem to have is vats and vats was pretty much the only thing that made fallout combat tolerable in fallout 4 you could finally actually run a gun without it feeling you know bad and people hate on fallout 76 all they want but it actually had good combat it had the best combat in fallout in my you know personal opinion but with this game the actual shooting seems so great you have that that same fallout thing where you got energy weapons and you got ballistic weapons you got mag weapons uh which i mean that they're just insane hit scan as soon as you press that bullet they're they're shredded uh which is great but at this like i I don't know man the the diversity and like the fact that if you're on a planet that has like zero g that completely changes up the combat and it seems like there's a varying degrees of like how that gravity gets affected at one point i saw what you appear to be floating for quite some time and then in another scene we see him jump and it's not it's not you know it's not normal gravity they they float for a little bit but they land a lot quicker uh so it'll be really interesting to see like kind of planet to planet like all the different uh degrees on that um we saw earlier when they were like showing off the you know the the, the traits and everything you want to go full ungus bungus and just punch everyone they got multiple skills to facilitate that type of gameplay i mean you always have in an rpg do you want to be the more diplomat do you want to be an explosive dude running gun do you want to be a melee man um and yeah the it's just looking great i am a little curious about the melee combat that's always been bethesda's kind of kryptonite i mean despite elder scrolls kind of like living and dying by it uh other than like stealth archers and magic you're you're always going melee it always felt you know that like you were swinging and there was just no real impact there was no real sense of uh a uh, uh, place with your weapon i didn't feel like i was truly slashing at somebody where something like maybe dead island or dying light the original one felt a little meatier more impactful uh but yeah man i just i really hope that this game finally nails the impact that that strong feeling of a of a melee hit actually landing that other bethesda games severely lacked uh, i hate just feeling like i'm just swinging into the air and then a health bar is going down but given what we did see like uh the punches seem pretty damn impactful and fun to use so i think we're going to be in a, a much better state than previous uh bethesda games and just as a whole man i think this is going to be their best combat yet now with all that being said all of the wonderful things we've talked about and all the amazing things they showed in that presentation, which was a very deep dive and a very open presentation. Um, it's worth noting that at the end of the day, this was an ad, right? Like this, this was a huge ad for the game, obviously. And do not pre-order, do not pre-order. We've been burned so many times um, with games throughout the especially the last few years and with pre-orders and not to mention with bethesda specifically 
Um, Fallout 76 was just fucked up at launch. Fallout 4 was not what we thought it was going to be. The story, they, they took everything RPG-like from the story and the writing of 3 in New Vegas, and it, it was shitty. And also, you know... Yeah, but would you say 4 wasn't... what 4 might have been, you know, a little... Not exactly what we were hoping for, but like I still sunk a minimum of a hundred hours in my first playthrough. I still loved the game; it just wasn't exactly what I wanted. I feel like you're you're being a little harsh. In the I game didn't game. I didn't love Fallout Four. I would say I didn't like it as much as Three or New Vegas. Um, it I, I felt like it was okay. Like I felt like it was decent. Um, I felt like the novelty of it wore off pretty quick, and then I felt like like I I personally like just became bored of it. Um, the settlement building to me was not fun and it was kind of a gimmick. Um, the writing really threw me off. Like I played those games, you know, for the RPG, RPG writing elements, you know, the, the humor and that, and having a voice protagonist, um, took away from that, um, big time. And so I, like I did one playthrough and I didn't, I just beat it because I just wanted to just beat it, like be done with it. But I didn't finish exploring like the whole world. Um, I didn't care for the story at all. I didn't feel the choices were very impactful. Um, I ju- it just didn't have the same charm to me as three in New Vegas. And I tried to look at it very, Fair yeah. Enough. And I, and I tried to look at it very objectively as well and not with rose tinted glasses of three in New Vegas, you know, because that's what we wanted more of just an updated version of it. But that is what we wanted. We just wanted a, you know, new graphics, but fallout three or new Vegas. You know, that's, that's really it. Um, and yeah, but yeah, it wasn't as bad as, you know, so let's say Fallout 76, which was just horrible at launch, you know, no NPCs, um, not a lot of content, um, no story that's just, here's a sandbox and here you go. You can run around in power suits and shoot shoot some shit. shit. Yeah. Which was shitty. And, you know, that's, those are two things to keep in mind and not, not just Bethesda, but just across the industry, there's been so many. Um, developers and people that we thought we could trust that, you know, look at Cyberpunk, right? CD's Project Red. Um, you already know the the huge controversy with that game and we were oversold and overmarketed and we all fell for the hype and it just wasn't the game, you know, that we thought it was going to be. And they showed a lot. They showed a lot of that game, you know, just like they, they are doing with Starfield. Like they showed a shit ton, but a lot of that just wasn't there, you know, and of course, um, there's always with Bethesda games, there's always that Bethesda jank, you know, how many bugs, how many glitches, how many, you know, problems are we going to have? What about how it's going to run on our PCs um, versus console? You know, a lot of various issues um, to consider and think about. Now, the one good thing is this is going to be on Game Pass. So, you know, I would I would argue don't even spend 60, 70 dollars on it when it comes out. Try it out on Game Pass first you know, and, and make sure it's, it's, everything's running good and, you know, it's what you wanted and it is what we all wanted and what they, you know, have told us on this present, uh, on this presentation, you know, because I want a space exploration game. I want a space fallout. Like that sounds amazing. I mean, we, we don't even have a true space RPG game like this. That's as open like this. You know, I would argue, like, I can't think of something that is, anywhere near the scope of this um you could say maybe like no man's sky or something but again that's more just space exploration not not so much a story an rpg and you know bethesda you know what i'm saying 
fallout. So, you know, just keep all that in mind, you know, before, you know, deciding to pre-order this game and also temper your expectations. You know, like we, the, the, those thousand worlds very well could be a gimmick like we, you know, talked about. And just like them saying that, you know, there's, there's more content in this, like more writing than um, previous fallout games and whatnot. Like that could also main that, that may not be good content, you know, like that could be more fallout Four writing, which again, wasn't, wasn't great. You know, so just temper your expectations. Um, but I, but I do think not to be Debbie Downer, but I do think the game will be good. I just, I don't know how good. And I'm, and I'm, again, I'm, so I'm saying I'm cautious because of so many times we've been burned, you know, like, like reiterating what I said earlier, but you know, any, how do you feel about that first? How do you feel about, you know, do you think they'll deliver, you know, how do you feel about pre-ordering um, more so specifically this game? And, you know, how do you feel about Bethesda? To all five plus users uh, listening to this, I say disregard Donnie Downer over here. Get your hype up. We're going to space, bitches. We're smoking moonweed. <laughs> we're stealing ships. We're blasting motherfuckers and we're punching them into orbit. I'm all in. I'm day one, regardless of Game Pass. I'm ready to be let down or uh, blown away. But honest to God, they won me, dude. Any hesitation I usually have, gone. I'm in there. I'm about it. Let's get it. Starfield, everyone. Todd, baby. Hey, Todd, man. If anything, if you need a motherfucker to sell you something, Todd Howard is that motherfucking man. That's for sure. Just look at the guy. He doesn't even age, man. He's like Hideo Kojima. He just keeps getting younger as he gets older. The guy looks great. He sounds great. His voice... I mean, he could sell me, he could sell me shit on toilet paper. Literally, he could. Anyhow, I appreciate the optimism. That's how he wanted to to end it. I love it. All right. (laughs) You got, you got two different opinions here. You know what I mean? You, you, but go with what you're, what you're, what you feel in your heart. If you, if you feel like pre-ordering that game, if you feel like it's a day one, more power to you. And if you, you you feel like you got to sit back and wait it out, see what happens, more power to you as well. But we don't discriminate around here. Play that fucking game. Go to fucking space or don't fucking go to space and wait. Smoke some moon weed, chill out, wait for the reviews, then go to fucking space. You know? Or maybe not. Anyhow, this has been an episode of Game Gravy. My co-host, Ferris, thanks again for listening. All my shitty hiccups on my fucked up internet. Thank you. And see you next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. This was an episode of Game Gravy. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find us weekly on Spotify at podcasters.spotify.com forward slash pod forward slash show forward slash Game Gravy. Thanks for listening and see you next week.